everyone. We're ready to kick off a brand new series. Hope you got something you want to take notes with, uh, keep up with. We got a lot we're going to cover today. Going to throw it out as we set this entire series up. You know, as far back as I remember, I had voices in my head, little voices telling me who I am, what I am, warning me about what might happen, what this person thinks of me, highlighting the things I must accomplish this week and next week, whether I look good, was accepted within this group or not. These voices ebbed and flowed throughout my life depending on what was going on around me. They were especially loud when I was a kid. The voices told me I didn't fit in most places. I was an oddball. I was on the outside looking in. They convinced me I was an accident on this planet. They persuaded me I was in the way of most people and probably wouldn't amount to a whole lot in this life. My voices persuaded me to make some stupid decisions, miss wonderful opportunities, and hurt people I loved. As I grew and matured, these voices changed, and over time, their tone softened, and I began to quiet some of those voices, control others, and I understood which ones to listen to and which ones to ignore. As a result, I made better decisions and ultimately changed the course of my life and the life of a few other people. The voices inside our heads are real. For most of us, they are not figments of our imaginations. Often, they are loud, confusing, contradicting, frustrating, sometimes dangerous, but they're there. And those who learn to manage them well often accomplish a lot. But those who fail to manage them well are often filled with regrets. What about your voices? What do they say to you? What do they say about you? What do they say about others? What do they predict about your future? How effective are you with turning them down or turning them off? Now, before we move any further, you need to know everyone hears, hears voices. Everybody's got voices in their heads, all right? In fact, if you have no voice in your head, you're either dead or lying. Voices are natural. Like right now, right now, there's a little voice in your head evaluating what I just said. Or there's a little voice in your head discussing the Super Bowl or what you're planning to do when church is over, or a voice judging you guilty over what you did last night, or running through the things you've got to worry about over the next couple of weeks. Everybody has voices. Some of our voices were pre-installed at birth. A sense of right and wrong, what's fair and unfair, a general idea of what is considered good or bad, a voice distinguishing between a loving and gentle tone or a hateful and aggressive tone, a love for Carolina and a hate for Duke pre-installed by God himself. Can I get a witness? Amen. All right. Lost some of you, gained a few others. Some voices were installed by our family and friends, especially our parents, Traditions, um, what you're supposed to do for the holidays, how you treat people older than you, how you dress, your sense of patriotism, whether you like Eastern North Carolina barbecue and sweet tea or Texas brisket and Dr. Pepper. 
It's all pre-installed or put in there by your parents. Politics, that's another voice installed by our family and friends, how we vote, how we determine who to vote for, if we lean liberal or conservative religion. That's a loud voice installed by those closest to us. God, for many of us, sounds just like our mama or our granddaddy. And here is where it gets complex and gets quite interesting. Some of our loudest and most persistent voices were installed by pain and trauma. Those voices would be labeled criticism, shame, fear, worry, anxiety, panic, doubt. And they sound something like this. I can't do anything right. What makes me think anybody will ever love me? I'm so far from having what it takes, I might as well quit. I am broken beyond repair. If I try, I will fail. I can't trust him. He will hurt me. I need to stay where I am here. I'm safe. I wonder what they're saying about me right now. They don't want me to be part of their group. Now, if you notice, all of these various voices are attempting to be helpful. They're attempting to keep you tied to your family traditions, keep you on the straight and narrow, protect you from failing again or getting rejected by people or feeling the pain of lost love. Each of these voices were installed inside you to keep you connected to your friends and family or to guard you from further pain. So don't be angry with your voices. Just understand them and learn to control them. And this is huge. This is huge. These voices in your head aren't necessarily interested in truth or accuracy, but protection. In other words, the voice inside your head saying, don't try, you might fail, could be the opposite of what will actually happen if you try. But the voice isn't concerned with telling you what's true. It's interested in keeping you safe. It was installed to keep you from experiencing pain, to stop you from facing additional trauma in your life. And these voices aren't interested in working together with other voices, harmonizing, balancing, making sense. Their number one goal is to protect you. And not all voices speak truth. Some lie to you. Some mislead you. Some are ignorant and lack experience. Some voices conflict with other voices. For instance, if your father installed a voice inside you saying, go for it, try harder, you can do it. But trauma and pain installed a voice saying, the last time you tried, you failed, experienced embarrassment, pain, and regret, so you better not try again. Guess what happens inside you? Voices conflict. You got chaos going on. And you think, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. It's why we need to figure out how to quiet the voices. And when I say quiet, I, I don't mean shut them all off for good, but figure out how to turn them off so you can figure out which voices are true and which voices are lying and which voices need to remain and which voices need to get out and stay out. Another great t-shirt idea for Forest Park. Shh, be quiet when you talk. I can't hear all the other voices in my head. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Come to our church. Now, why is the series important? Why are we doing something like this? Because unmanaged voices compete for attention. 
If we don't understand what's going on inside our heads, we aren't able to distinguish one voice from another. They will mix together the good, the bad, and the ugly. Another reason is unmanaged voices are exhausting. Without managing them, you wear yourself out. One voice encourages you to go for it. One voice discourages you. One voice says, tell the person no. Another voice says, tell the person yes. That's exhausting. Another reason is unmanaged voices often lead us down roads we don't want to go. And I'm certain if I went around this room today, we could all give an illustration or two about how voices led us down some roads that we wish we would have never walked down. So the key is to quiet these voices. Manage them so you can distinguish between what to listen to and what to ignore, what is true and what is false so you're not exhausted and confused from all the talking in your head so you don't end up where you don't want to be. That's why this series is important. Some people are simply structured for failure. That is the opening line in Erwin McManus's excellent book called Mind Shift. McManus says he heard a boxing expert say this one day while listening to sports radio in Dallas, Texas. The radio host was trying to explain what happened the day before in the boxing world. Here is McManus's own words from his book. Just watch this story unfold. McManus writes, eight months earlier, Buster Douglas had erupted onto the boxing scene by knocking out the undefeated world heavyweight champion, Mike Tyson. Like Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, and George Foreman before him, Tyson was a heavyweight too who defined boxing for a generation. For fans of the sport, he represented the most devastating, ferocious, and terrifying fighter who ever walked into a ring. Tyson didn't simply defeat his opponents, he destroyed them. Only two years earlier, he had beaten the then champion, Michael Spinks, by knocking him out in the first round. Tyson's last opponent before Douglas had made it only 91 seconds before a vicious left hook dropped him to the mat. The fight between Douglas and Tyson took place in Tokyo, Japan, with Tyson a 42-to-1 favorite not only to defeat Buster Douglas, but to render him unconscious. The outcome of this contest seemed inevitable, except, of course, no one told Buster Douglas that it was impossible for him to win. After 10 rounds of holding his own against the most dangerous man in the world, Douglas did the unthinkable. He knocked Mike Tyson out. And he walked away with three world, weight, world heavyweight belts. Now, watch this. Eight months later, Douglas was defending his title for the first time against Evander Holyfield. He went into that fight overweight and out of shape, weighing in 15 pounds heavier than when he faced Mike Tyson. In the ring, he was slow, sluggish, and looked nothing like the champion who had defeated Tyson. For two rounds, Holyfield completely dominated Douglas. Then in the third, Douglas threw a telegraphed uppercut that was so out of control, he lost his balance, and that's when Holyfield threw the counterpunch and knocked him out. Douglas's reign as the greatest heavyweight boxer in the world ended with him flat on his back, motionless, disoriented, and defeated. He retired after that fight and soon ballooned to nearly 400 pounds and almost died of a diabetic coma. 
That's why the boxing expert commented, some people are simply structured for failure. Buster Douglas simply did not have the mental capacity to continue winning. He had a moment of glory, but it was short-lived because he didn't know how to manage the voices in his head. McManus goes on to suggest if we can be structured for failure, that maybe we can be structured for success. And the difference between structured for failure and structured for success happens right here in your head. The voices you listen to versus the voices you ignore. Watch this. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your what? Your own understanding. Take captive, excuse me, every thought. Whoops. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Second Corinthians 10.5, take captive every what? Thought and make it obedient to Christ. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, old ways of thinking, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above, not earthly things. Listen carefully, okay? We become our thoughts. That's all there is to it. We become our thoughts. What you think you become. What you consistently think becomes the substance from which you build your life. Our thoughts are our roadmap to our future. Your thoughts guide and direct your path. Transform your thinking, you transform your life. It is as simple as that. You will never rise above your thoughts. You will never outpace, outrun, outshine your patterns of thinking. Life does not just happen. People who thrive in life do not simply exist and then one day luck shines on them. People who thrive make it happen. They think certain ways, they take risks, they learn, they read, they pray, they meditate, they get advice, they sit with wise people, they take notes, they learn, they deposit truth inside of them, and the truth gets in them, wiggles its way all through every crevice of their being, and sets them free. They change their minds, and their minds change them. Now, for the next several minutes, I'm going to show you how this process works. And all this is kind of an introduction to the series, okay? Today's just kind of whetting your appetite, I hope, all right? I want to show you how this process works in our head, all right? That's me. Not me, you. That's you, it's me, it's all of us. It just represents us, okay? Here's the question. What makes me, me? 
What, when I look in the mirror, what elements, what pieces make up the person I see? Of course, of course, of course. What makes me, me, and what makes you, you includes our families, our traditions, our environments, our beliefs, our experiences, our education, our friends, yes. But let's bring it down and make it super personal, okay? Because although you inherited your genes and you were raised by your parents and you were educated by your school system, and you were influenced by your friends, you still have to take all that you were given and do something with it. And each of us know people who were raised by the same family, attended the same schools, went to the same church, and one person went this way, and one person went a different way, right? So although we've been handed similar stuff, we choose to make different things with what we have. It's why scripture says this, but if it seems wrong in your opinion to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. You have a choice. If you look at the truth and you reject it, that's, you, that's on you. Other people look at the same truth and accept it. Some people take what they were given and make something of it. Some people take what they were given and throw it back. Some people take the junk that they were handed and build a home out of it. Some people take the junk they were given and they burn down the world. But if it seems wrong in your opinion to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. If you want to, serve the gods with whom your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates and the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. That's your choice. You can serve any god you want to. You can take everything you've been given and follow a different god. You can worship whatever you want to. But my family and I, we will serve the Lord. Watch this. Proverbs 4, 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget and don't turn away from my words. What is he telling us? That's a command. You have to go get wisdom. You have to get understanding. Nobody can give that to you. You've got to get it. You've got to collect it. Every time truth comes your way, you've got a choice to make. You're going to pick it up and deposit it inside of you, or are you going to kick it on down the road? What are you going to do with the wisdom and the understanding you've been given? An understanding mind gains knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A wise person seeks knowledge. A wise person looks for knowledge. A wise person goes after knowledge. A wise person figures it out, seeks it out, asks, learns, takes notes, grows. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person away from death traps. I could stay, stop right there. I'm not, maybe another week. Stop right there and teach on that one point. Think about what that just says. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person away from death traps. So many death traps in your life you stepped on. If you only knew better, you would have never stepped on them. Why do we look back in life and say, you know what? If I could do that again, I would do it differently. Because you have wisdom today you didn't have then. That's why scripture is always saying, get understanding, get wisdom, because the more you learn and the more you collect and the more you understand, the more death traps you can walk away from. 
That's why it's important for adults to get involved in kids' lives and teenage lives. Why? Because I can almost guarantee you there are people sitting in this room and watching online right now, you have stepped on some death traps in your life when you were 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25, some of you 30, 35, 40. And if you could sit down with another 25-year-old, you would tell them what not to step on, wouldn't you? Because you've learned. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person away from death trap. Good insight brings favor. I don't know what it is about those people. They're just lucky, I guess. No, 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 no. See, see good insight brings favor. It's just amazing that the more you learn, the more lucky you are. The more wisdom you collect, the more favor it seems to come in your life. Why is that? It isn't that way, folks. It's not magic. It's that the more you learn, the more things you walk away from, the more you learn, the more things you walk toward. And you learn which one. Good insight brings favor. By the way of the faithless is the ruin. He goes on. The prudent all act intelligently, but fools display their stupidity. Wicked messengers fall into trouble, but a reliable one brings healing. Poverty and shame come to those who don't care about instruction. Poverty and shame come to those who do not care about instruction. If you do not care to learn, you will probably struggle the rest of your life with poverty and shame. Honor belongs to those who heed correction. Is that clear? Yes, Scott, that is clear. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So even though you've been given a family, an education, experiences, it still comes down to what is the person in the mirror doing with what he or she has been handed. So here's one way of looking at how all this fits in our heads. All right, this is going to be a lot for some of us, all right, especially early morning, first service. It's a lot to digest. All right, here we go. That's me again. That was a pretty good artwork, isn't it? Yeah. Here's what makes you, you. First of all, my mind. The part of me that enables me to be aware of the world around me, to be aware of my experiences, to think, to feel, and all that my mind produces, right here, my mind. But not only is my mind part of me, so are my voices. The chatter that goes on inside my head, the perceived conversations we have with ourselves, right? From, um, where did she get that dress? But why is this guy talking to me right now? I need some coffee really badly. All this is going on while you're ha having, you're working and doing chatter, chatter, chatter. I can't believe it's only 1 p.m. How am I going to pay next month's bills? Is God ever going to answer my prayers? I think I'm getting a cold. <laughs> What's that guy's problem? My hair really is thinning. Do I look fat in these jeans? That's not a question, by the way. Hello, God, do you even know where I am? All that chatter. Voices, voices, voices. Voices, voices, voices. See, my mind 
produces my voices. What's going on in my mind produce voices. You're going to see how this connects. And my voices produce my emotions. The voices I listen to elicit the emotions I feel. If I pay attention to the voices that question how I look, what people think of me, if I think I'm stupid or not qualified, then I begin to feel sad. If I pay attention to the voices that bring uh, up what people did to me, how I was mistreated, then I might feel angry. If I listen to the voices that call me forward, that challenge my future, that celebrate my abilities, then I might feel energized. If I listen to the voices telling me about the people around me who are hurting and how people need grace and not judgment, then I will feel compassion for people. And my emotions will produce, number four, my actions. Basically, my behaviors. All behaviors at first arise from emotions. Eventually, you can build habits or behaviors that bypass emotions, but at the beginning, all behaviors arise from the emotions we feel. And the emotions, I mean, my actions produce my results. The outcomes, consequences, or effects that arise from actions, decisions, processes, events. And the results of my actions reinforce and reward my mind. Mind plus voices plus emotions plus actions plus results. That's basically your life right there. Now, here's where I want to challenge you. Whatever product you don't like, ask questions about the step before it. Let me help you. For instance, if you look at your life right now and you don't like the results your life is producing, begin by looking at what happens before the results, your actions. What actions do you engage in every single day? What actions do you engage in each week? What do you do with your free time? How do you fill up your calendar? Because your actions will produce your results. If you don't like your results, change your actions. If you're unhappy with your actions, look at your emotions. What's going on inside me? How do I feel? If you're depressed, if you're discouraged, if you're disappointed, angry, frustrated, all of those things affect your actions. It's difficult to do positive things when you always feel depressed. If you're displeased with your daily emotions, take a look at the voices. Take a look at the voices that you're producing each day. What voices are in your head? What does your father say in your head? What does your mother keep saying in, her, in your head? You carry all those voices with you. What does your coach keep saying? What does your ex-spouse keep saying to you every day? It's all right here. What does scripture say to you? What does God say to you? What voices are in your head? And if your voices are jacked up, focus on your mind. Because from your mind arise all voices. Now here is where to me it gets so interesting. Say, oh, this is interesting. But to me it's interesting. You might say, well, what, 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 what if I get back to the beginning and realize that it's my mind that's messed up? How do I focus on my mind? When I get back to the mind, I got to question three things. My worldview, the lens through which you look 
in order to make everything in life make sense. How you see yourself, how you see other people, how you see your place in this world, how you determine what's right or wrong or good or bad, how you interpret what happens, how you see everything is your worldview. If you've been with us at Forest Park, I've talked about the glasses that we put on. That's why it's so important that we get truth in us as early as possible and as much truth as we possibly can because it is through the lens of truth you will see everything around you. Everything. The gospel, we don't have time to get into this today. We will later. The gospel is a set of glasses. Jesus is a set of glasses. Scripture is a set of glasses. And through that, you see everything. So you've got to question your worldview if your mind's jacked up. Let me make it even more simple. Truth versus lies. I have either put into my mind or allowed others to put in my mind. What, what, what do you allow to go into you? How much truth and how many lies do you listen to? Do I know how to filter truth from lies? Do I, do I concentrate on enough truth to detect the lies when they're presented? Here's even more simple. Nutritional food versus junk food. No, I'm not talking about celery versus ho-ho cakes. I'm talking about nutritional thoughts versus junk thoughts. What do I allow my mind to consume? How much mind junk food do I consume throughout the week? If you don't like what your mind produces, ask yourself, how much junk food am I sticking in it all week long? Social media, should we go there? No. Okay, moving on. I think you know. Popular shows, should we go there? I don't know. You tell me. The news, empty books, silly conversations, gossip. It's all junk food, most of it. You consume junk, you consume lies, you consume uh, misunderstandings, you consume things that are just absolutely off-center. Guess what's going to happen? Your mind will produce certain voices. Those voices will produce emotions. Those emotions will produce actions. Those actions will produce results. If you trace it back, search right here. Now, with all that I've said, let's read this passage from a little higher perspective. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Paul understood something that we are figuring out more and more today. Everything comes from here. The way you see the world, the way you see your place in the world, the way you see your neighbor, the way you see people from different races and cultures, the way you see uh, the, where you place yourself in the history of all things, whether God created the earth or he didn't, or whether we have a purpose or we don't, or whether this is all accident or intentional, or whether God is sovereign or not, or whether love rules or it doesn't, or whether truth will change you or it won't. Every single thing comes out of what you have going on right here and it's going to take an act of the will to not be conformed to the patterns of the world so sometimes when you're on your phone you might have to go this is going to sound so silly but you might have to say you know what I think that's a pattern of the world click off you know what I think that that thinking right now is a pattern of the world off you know what I think this conversation is a pattern of the world I'm out 
You know what I think this entertainment right now is probably a pattern of the world. You know what I think this book right now is a pattern of the world. Now we got to get into what all the pattern of the world is. But my point of it is, is it's everywhere. And there's going to be some things you're going to have to go, you know what, thank you, I'm out of here, gone. Why? Because you're in the process of renewing your minds. Because when you renew your minds, then you can figure out what God's will is. Then, and only then, you will know what's good and what's pleasing and what's mature. This series is about helping you renew your mind. Because from your mind emerge the voices. Renew your mind, number one. Guess what happens? The voices change. That's what happened to me. Remember I told you when I was a kid, I had all these voices in my head, and eventually over time I began to figure out which voices to listen to and which voices to ignore. The only way that I was able to figure that out is that my mind began to be renewed. When your mind changes, your voices change. When your voices change, your emotions change. When your emotions change, your actions change. When your actions change, your results change. And when your mind's renewed and your voices are much more positive or your emotions are much more uplifting and the actions are different and the results are different, guess what happens? Your entire life is different. That's what this series is about. Did you learn anything? Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate that. Front row. Front row. Front row, people. Front row. How about you back row, people? Did you learn? Good. Okay. All right. Good. And here, you're not too far different. You know, you're close. Back row, front row. It's pretty close. Let's pray. Father, we have picked up so many patterns of the world. It's amazing how we still think and still process and still act as if we know what truth is when we don't. We're so far from knowing what truth is in so many areas. The way we treat people, the way we look at ourselves in the mirror, the way we look at our husband or wife, the way we look at our friends or enemies, the way we treat other people, the stuff we consume, the stuff we chew and swallow every week, So many of us sitting in this room, and I know I've been there. I'm still there sometimes. I don't even know how to decipher truth from lies. Our minds have become so numb and so lazy. We just assume that whatever someone gives us is right. And then we don't understand why our emotions are so messed up. We don't understand why the voices are so loud and contradicting. And we look at our life, and we just think, well, other people are lucky, and I'm not. God save us from that ignorance. God, save us from that ignorance. Save us from being so childish that we literally think magic happens for some people and it just doesn't happen for me. God, that is a pattern of the world. Your word tells us that you've implanted within us the ability to choose today who we're gonna serve. Your word tells us that we can have our minds renewed, that we can seek wisdom, we can seek understanding. And Father, when our minds change, those voices just begin to change. And when the voices are more encouraging and the voices are more empowering and the voices are more faith-filled, all of a sudden our emotions fall in line. 
And when our emotions are much better and much stronger, then we choose different actions. And those actions produce different results. I want to see people at Forest Park saved all the way through. Every area of their life. Not just something they feel on a Sunday morning. Not just something they feel when a favorite song is sung or a favorite verse is read. I want to see us completely and totally redeemed all the way through. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Open us to truth. And let the truth set us free. In the wonderful, most holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. If you are new today, we are so honored that you chose to be here. So many places you could be, but you came here today. We want to know that you were here for the first time, or maybe you've been here a few times that you've never taken the time to stop by and pick up a gift or drop off the welcome home card. We'd love to know that. If you will take a few minutes and do that, we've got a free gift for you. We've got a table down into the hallway. If you have kids you're going to pick up, or there's some boxes, gift boxes on the way out the front door. Or you can go online, go to fplive.org forward slash connect, and you can fill out right on your phone. Take about 30 seconds and then drop by, pick up your box on the way out. Just let us know you're here. A couple things I want to make sure you are aware of. One is we have a Bible blueprint six-week class. Preston is uh, teaching this. It starts February 21st. And all you got to do is register. It's free. You can register at the information center, put your name on the list so that you're ready to go whenever the class kicks off. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to get a big eye, bird's eye view of uh, scripture and how you can begin applying it to your life. Also, Baptism Sunday, last thing, is March 10th. If you would like to be baptized and you've not registered yet, do so. You can register right here at the website you see, forward slash baptism, and we'll make sure you sign up. We're actually going to have a baptismal tank here in the auditorium that day, and we're going to celebrate those who are being baptized right here. Instead of being in the lobby, it's going to be in here, and we're going to celebrate that day. So if you haven't been baptized and you want to, make sure you get in on this, okay? Have a wonderful day. Go think good thoughts, right? Positive, truth. Let your life be changed. We'll see you soon.